This is Magic and Monorails Podcast. We're your hosts. My name is Melissa. And I'm Mamiya. Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to do the parks differently. So today, Amia and I are going to be talking all about planning Disney trips with your children. And honestly, you can kind of customize this to planning trips with your kids to any theme park. Um, So essentially, there's three steps to this. There's your prepping and your pre-planning, your packing, as well as what to do during the trip. Amia, do you enjoy planning Disney trips with me? Yes. The most recent one Amia planned with me was the one where we decided to rough it (laughs) at Fort Wilderness where we were camping. Do you you remember that? Yeah, I do now. One of the things that we did together was we were challenged by some followers to try to do this as affordable as possible. And so we knew camping would be it. Amia and I are not necessarily the biggest fans of camping. No, never, never again. But we really loved Fort Wilderness. Yes. Yes. So I showed Amia a picture of Coronado Springs, which is where we had stayed the year before. And then I showed her the picture of the campgrounds at Fort Wilderness. And do you remember your feelings when I showed you the photos from the campground? No. You don't remember how you felt? No. Let me refresh your memory. So do you remember when I told you about camping and how you weren't super excited about it? Yes. And then I showed you pictures and I showed you photos of the comfort stations. And once you saw them, oh yes, now it's coming to you. So tell us how you felt when you saw the comfort stations. I was like, oh my gosh, is that actually a camping ground or is this like a hotel in disguise? Because why? how fancy it was yes like it wasn't like a normal campground and it was super clean right yes so clean and like they even had like a mickey show going on so that was at the check-in desk where she was talking about the mickey show um so we did talk a lot more about the camping experience in one of our previous episodes but that right there just goes to show proper pre-planning techniques and involving your kids and photos and videos are by far the most helpful would you say that you also liked watching youtube videos of potential attractions or rides that you hadn't visited yet Yes, because I normally don't get to watch YouTube, but also... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is special. But also, it was really cool because I got to know, like, the rides and what they were like. Because you get a little nervous before going on them? Yeah, like, new ones, I get really nervous. Right. So, would you say that even though I've been on the rides a ton of times and I tell you, don't worry, like, you're with me, it's safe you still feel more comfortable and confident going on a new ride if you can see pictures and videos. Is that right? Yeah, just a little bit because I'm still pretty nervous about what's going to happen. Like, I don't know because you'll never tell me. You said, just wait until the ride. So the biggest difference between Emia and I is even at her age, I did not want to know anything about 
new experiences. I wanted to experience them fully and be surprised. And Amia, on the other hand, want to know. She needs to know. She has really bad anxiety if she doesn't get all those details. So Miss Amia, thank you for joining me for the first part of the episode. I'm going to then dive in with our listeners and share my top three tips and go into detail about how they can put these into action. Sound good? Yep. So again, thank you for joining me. All right. Bye guys. All right, so as I previously mentioned, you've got your prep, pre-plan, packing, and your during the trip stages. So I like to break this down into three steps. So let's go to the first one, your pre-plan. This one is all about those pictures and videos, and I definitely recommend YouTubing. Last week, Cyan talked about how she really also has ride anxiety, so she said that YouTube is such a great resource, and she said she'll just kind of Google the ride and learn a lot more about it using um, YouTube and watching the videos from, from other people who have experienced it and gone through it. For me, I like photos a little bit more because I've done a lot of the rides. So when it comes to expressing it to my kids, what I'll do is I'll um, kind of show photos first and then I'll ask Amia, say, hey, do you want to watch a video? Do you want, do you feel like you maybe would feel comfortable being surprised? And I kind of give her options and you'll see that kind of pattern and formula throughout all of these things is typically she'll get two choices. So your biggest thing to be able to prep or pre-plan is to have your date set as well as the parks picked out. Now, depending on the age of your children and depending on what they want to see, as well as the rides, characters, and so forth, that really will kind of determine what your priorities are. And that is a whole nother episode. I'm not going to dive into all of that right now, but for the most part, I mean, we know a lot of characters are going to be at Magic Kingdom and Epcot. And honestly, to, to be honest with you, all of the all of the parks have a decent amount of characters. It just kind of depends who you want to see. But those are the, the two typical ones that people will go to. As far as more like little kid-friendly rides and attractions, you know, Magic Kingdom is really going to be your go-to. I also would put Animal Kingdom at the top there as well. There is a decent amount of walking in Animal Kingdom, but overall great for any age. And I think that the reason Animal Kingdom has become more attractive to me lately is because you get the Epcot vibe, you get a lot more shade, and there's still a decent amount of stuff for kids of all ages to do. So again, highly recommend Animal Kingdom for even like little, little kids. Um, So then when it gets into that pre-plan and the prepping, let's start with outfits. So Do outfits matter to you, obviously, is the first question. I have a ton of friends who have no problem just going in sweatpants and a t-shirt or, you know, honestly, they're running gear. Like, they just want to be comfortable um, and relax. But I also have other friends who really, really like to plan to the park that they're attending to or even, like, bound as a character, which means where you're dressing up as a character but you're not necessarily wearing a costume. Um as well as sometimes bounding as an attraction. So for example, like Tower of Terror, you know, some people will wear like the the maroon tones and gold and it's super fun. You can totally Pinterest tons of outfits. And I find a lot of joy in planning outfits and so does my daughter. So for us, that's kind of like the primary basis of planning our trips every time we go is um, creating those outfit ideas together. And essentially what I'll do is I will pick a park 
And let's say, let's do Magic Kingdom. That's typically our dressy day or the day that we, you know, like to wear princessy themed stuff. Sometimes we'll even do like the, the, the casual Mickey and Minnie um, red and black. So what I'll do is, depending on what we already own, I will sometimes pull things out of our closets and lay them out and put them together and ask Amia how she feels about the outfits that I've laid out. Or sometimes what I'll do is I'll go onto Pinterest or I'll go onto Amazon and I'll pick out two outfits and I'll say, okay, this is the theme that I want to do. Um, which one of these two do you like the best? And she at least feels like she's involved in the conversation, but there are at least some that I either am ready to purchase and ready to commit to, or that will go with something that's already in our closet or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, she still is involved in that process somewhat. So again, the number two, that's like my big rules, only stick to two options. I'll either, you know, pick from our closet or I'll show her something from online. And sometimes I'll do a mix of both. Like I'll say, Hey, we have this, but how about we add this shirt um, to these pants for this outfit idea that we have. And then we'll just start creating a chart of all of the clothing items that we need for our days at the parks. So once we have our parks and our outfits planned out, then we start diving into what our dining reservations will look like. For us, we typically only do like one or two meals like sit down meals per day. Um, for sure we do one just to get into some shade and air conditioning or just to kind of chill out a little bit and just have some customer service spread our way. But what I'll do is I'll essentially involve a Mia and sometimes she won't get to choose the sit down meal. Sometimes she will. It just really depends on, you know, what my goals are for the trip, what content we need to get. And also if there's a new experience that she's not yet done, which is like many of you guys who listen, um, then that's really my way to sit down and explain things with her. What we'll do is I will go over videos and photos again of what the restaurants look like. I'll discuss kind of the vibe and I'll also go through the menus and I'm never going to show her something that I'm not prepared to be comfortable with her choosing. Okay. So I'm never going to like show her um, Topolino's Terrace character breakfast and then like California grill late night meal because they're two totally different things. And, um, even though Cali grill, like with the fireworks is great, like they're also two really high price point things. So I wouldn't necessarily want to like make her choose between those two in the same day, if that makes sense, because they're so different. Now I might do um, Artist Point with Snow White or Topolino's uh, with Mickey and, you know, all of the fun characters there. But I don't think that I would necessarily have her pick between something that was a breakfast versus a dinner and a character versus a non-character because nine times out of 10, the kiddos are going to pick the character and that's fine. Maybe that's your goal. So maybe that's how you want to set it up. But again, we're trying to keep this easy and not overwhelming and we're trying to involve our kids. So again, 
the two thing is only pick two restaurants and I would only have them choose the meal that it is. So again, only do breakfast options, lunch options, or dinner options. Don't mix a breakfast and a lunch because then they're just going to feel confused and they're going to feel left out potentially. So if you're basically just like breakfast is the meal that you get to choose. These are the two places and then go through the details, the menu and talk about what the experience is going to be like. That's awesome. And this is all about a you pick and I pick. So as much as I love my daughter to have such a fun experience, I have found that the trips that I let her just kind of choose everything, she gets that really like entitled mentality. If this is your one and done trip, which trust me, that's never going to be a thing, um, then I can understand maybe letting your kids go like free reign on anything. But I always try to say like, okay, you pick one and then we pick one. We as in the adults. And just to remind her that, we also have the, you know, 50% say, and also we're giving you the options. You don't get to just choose anything. Um, I know a lot of kids are really picky about menus and I know for myself, Amiya's a really good eater, but I do have some friends who just like their kids just really won't eat anything besides mac and cheese. For the most part, a lot of the sit down restaurants do have like a, a mac and cheese or a, a pasta type option. But one thing that I will always recommend to people is, like, don't rely on that. Try to get your kid to try something new. Kids meals are only like 10 bucks, maybe 15 bucks at the nicer restaurants, or unless you're paying for a buffet, it could be up to, I think 30. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is an experience. Don't rely. I'm sorry. Let me back up. I'm not going to tell you don't, I'm going to say, please try your best to not rely on what they do at home because Amia has discovered so many new foods just by us splurging the extra $15 in hopes that she likes something different or tries something new. And most of the time she does. And also like how special is it to encourage them to try something new at Disney? And then, then they can say, I discovered that this is my new favorite food at Disney. And it's something that they can be proud of for being, you know, for exploring and trying new things and discovering their palate a little bit more. So it is difficult. I completely understand there are those kids that are like, no, I just want PB&J. But maybe incentivize good eating by like saying, hey, if you try this, like we will totally get a snack or a treat afterwards that I know that that you've had that you already love. But I just really want to see you try this. Or, hey, if you eat this whole meal or if you even eat half of it because I know you've never had it before, um, I will get you a soda at the meal. There are a little things that I think really go a long way. And I think potentially for us, like we don't allow Amia to have soda at home and we really, really don't just allow her to choose whatever she wants to eat. Like she's usually eating steak or salmon, to be honest with you. So we don't really have a lot to bribe her with or to like argue with her about food. Um, But there are those times where she like says she's not hungry. So we do kind of have to like force her to eat. And then she realizes like, oh, actually I am hungry. And the way to kind of do that is just by saying, okay, girl, like you can get a soda today. That's fine. I will totally allow that to happen. Moving on to attractions and rides. Disney is really awesome and has a list of accessible rides as well as rides that have um, the heights that are listed for children. So right then and there, you can look over the rides and figure out which rides your kiddo can and cannot go on. I want to, excuse me, I want to pause for a minute and discuss ride safety. There are 
two things, because two is my magic number today, I guess. There are two things that I really want to point out about ride safety. Number one is just the basic like etiquette. If you have a child who's a stroller child, they do not let you push the stroller through the line. So please just like get that in your head that you're going to have to put the stroller aside. And yes, your stroller will probably get moved. They shuffle strollers around all the time. And sometimes people accidentally grab the wrong stroller and then quick put it back and it's not in the same place. So don't freak out at the cast members. There are some easy ways, Google them or Pinterest them, of how to determine or depict your stroller from others. Um, don't rely on the balloon because everyone has balloons. Um, but I would suggest like some glow lights and you can see those basically at all hours of the day. Um, so anyways, besides the point, please just be conscious of that. And also don't like carry your child up to the line. And then especially if your child's like not in the mood and doesn't want to be put down, like that puts everybody in an uncomfortable spot. Oh, the joys of recording at home with animals. That was my dog barking. Anyways. We experienced something similar to this. So there was a kiddo who just was not wanting to go on a ride already. So dad carried him up. Well, first first thing is that the kid didn't want to get down. So that was holding the line up. And there was about 10 of us in line. And the parent just like was clueless. Like the cast member couldn't let the parent go through because they needed to check the height of the child. And now there's 10 of us who were going through the, you know, the genie plus lane and we were waiting because this kiddo was throwing a fit. Now, do I understand that this happens and maybe the parent wasn't prepared? Absolutely. And honestly, would I have even thought about this myself if I had a young kid? Um, no, because things are changing so much at Disney and there's a lot going on and there's a lot to remember. But the biggest thing is, is just be, just be conscious. Like you're already, you're stressing your kids out by forcing them to go on a ride anyways, you know, so maybe you shouldn't just do it. But the other thing is too, is that now you're creating an argument because you have to set them down and they have to get their height checked. And that leads me into my number two. So this kiddo in particular was too small and the parent was trying to tell him to stand on their tiptoes, stand super straight, give, you know, give your tallest posture, like trying to work the system. And the cast member was like, look, I'm really sorry. You know, your kid's not tall enough. This is huge to me. This is a safety factor for me as a parent. I would never want to put my kid at risk of being unsafe or in danger by having them fake their height and centimeters matter. There's a reason why there is a height thing. You will rarely catch me on here being very bold about opinions, but this is not an opinion. This is a safety measure that Disney has in place. And I cannot tell you how many times I have seen parents lose their minds over this rule. And it's not just a rule. It is literally for the safety and well-being of your child. So please do not be that person. I understand this might be the only time that you might be able to try this ride, but this also honestly like could be your only time that you ride this ride if something bad happens to your kid. So like put that into perspective too. I mean, Orlando has been on the news for having, you know, some recent issues and I would never want that to happen to someone and I would never want to put a cast member in an uncomfortable position where they have to argue with the parent for the safety, excuse me, of their own kid. So I will get off that rant, but I think the biggest thing is, is just making sure that you just kind of mentally prepare yourself that involving your children in this process and sharing things with them throughout this process and letting them know, I can't carry you through this line because they need to see how big and strong you are and how tall you are so you can be able to go on this attraction and make them a part of it. 
Don't just boss them around and tell them what to do. I, I see that too often because I get it. It's overwhelming for everybody, but just having those conversations and letting the kids know like what to expect and also how to behave is hugely important. The last thing that I'll touch on for your pre-planning and your prep is DAS. What's to know about it? Basically, it's the the disability um, service that Disney offers. And what that is, is essentially there's a list of qualifications that you can look up on their website and you can either go on the app to qualify for it or you can go in person. And personally, from what I've heard, the app takes a very long time. And especially if you've never done that before or you're not familiar with DAS and you know that you qualify, it can be a little overwhelming. So I would recommend on your your first day there, if especially if you're not going to the parks, head down to Disney Springs or I'm sure your front desk can um, offer you ideas of where to go, but go get that DAS pass activated so that you're not doing that the day of. And it usually doesn't take too long the day of at the parks, but it's just one less thing off your plate. And it does take a little while. I think it takes like 15 to 20 minutes. So definitely get that activated beforehand if you need to. Um, now, if going to the parks if, you know, beforehand is not an option, I understand some people might feel more comfortable, especially depending on what their disability is, by going on the app and getting that activated. But again, I have heard of that wait being upwards of a couple of hours. All right, let's go into number two, which is your packing, your outfit add-ons, everything else. So I like to pack by the day literally everything extra underwear, extra socks. Um, I will always pack an extra pair of underwear for my kiddo each day. Yes, she's older, but I mean, stuff happens. Like you could sit in something or whatever the case may be. And it's easier to find a pair of pants at Disney to replace than a pair of underwear. And plus they're at least her underwear and she feels more comfortable if that were to happen. Um, We also recommend packing in cubes. That is super helpful to keep organized. Also make sure you have layers ready. So with every outfit that I pack, I always make sure that I have one additional layer, whether that's leggings to change into, jeans to change into if I'm wearing a skirt or bike shorts, or even like a sweater or a jean jacket to throw over if it gets cooler. It definitely can get cooler and especially if it like rains for any reason and then it's still cloudy, it can be a little chilly. So having that extra layer to throw on and warm up is going to be really helpful. Sometimes we like to budget for an outfit at the parks. So what I mean is, is we will leave a day that we did not pack an outfit for because we love buying Disney merch. So essentially what we'll do is we'll go to the parks the first day there or even go to Disney Springs and typically our no park outfit day is going to be like towards the end of our trip so that we have a little bit of time to find outfits that we like. Um, We did run into weird weather one time. So we actually had to go to Disney Springs to buy some like heavier clothing and it worked out really well because we had a few extra days to essentially figure out like what it is that we wanted. So anyways, what we do is then is we will then decide what park we will not pack an outfit for. And then we will go shopping and get either matching outfits or color coordinated outfits. It's just a really fun way to come back home with some Disney merch. And that's also kind of our excuse to come back with a new pair of ears too. So that that outfit is typically also how we work in another souvenir, which would be the ears or potentially like a handbag or a lounge fly because now Amia is obsessed with lounge flies, but it's also a good way to kind of pre-budget and also say like, Hey, we can't do a ton of souvenirs this trip. So 
you can make it resourceful and useful by it being an outfit and then also splurge a little by getting those that pair of ears the next thing that i highly recommend is your kids backpack having them pack a backpack with some fun activities i love going to target in like the bullseye section and getting out the one or three dollar coloring kits they have tons of like disney themed stuff even the dollar store does too A couple of things that I highly recommend for your backpack are games, erase boards, and pipe cleaners because you can do a ton with pipe cleaners. I'm also going to link um, some free digital downloads that I have to this episode so that you can access that and you can see what we would pack on our trips to Disney for our kids' backpack. A couple of the things that I also would recommend pre-purchasing as well will be listed in that digital download. Then the last thing is during your trip. So during your trip, show your kiddo the app. Show them what your schedule looks like the day prior. Go through it with them. This is especially important when you've already had a long day. And let's say you're halfway through your trip and you have a full day planned. If you go through everything and you have a genuine conversation with your kiddo and say like, hey, how are you feeling? Does this seem like something you'd be excited to do? Or do you think you just want to rest or stay at the pool or, you know, give them options. Yes, Disney, you do need to pre-plan for and you do need to pre-schedule for, but this is the biggest mistake that people make is that they try to cram it in and then the day of, now they're scrambling to get those dining reservations canceled. Whereas if you go through your schedule the night before and you're honest with yourself and you listen to your kiddo, if they're saying they're overwhelmed and overtired, then you now have time to cancel those reservations on your app and you don't have to deal with calling Disney and you don't have to deal with potentially getting charged that fee. They typically charge like a $20 no-show or a late cancellation fee. And yes, I have been charged that fee. And no, I have not been refunded it. There have been actually multiple times. Um, One time was totally like understandable. I just like literally fell asleep and didn't wake up and I honestly didn't even call to try to get refunded. The other time I just wasn't feeling well, but because we called the next day instead of the day of, they just weren't really willing to do it for me. So I understood that. I understood the cancellation policy. I wasn't upset. But the biggest thing again is going through and giving your kid those two options and saying, this is our plan for tomorrow. We have this scheduled. Does this sound good to you? Or do you think you need to rest? You don't really need to give them details of what resting looks like, right? Like most kids know what resting is. And then just let them be a part of the process because the last thing you want to deal with is an overtired, over cranky child who you need to shove an electronic in their face for them to be calm, which defeats the whole purpose of you doing those experiences anyways. So those are my top three things when planning with children and how to involve your children in the planning process. Amia attested to it. It works really well. It has completely changed our trip. I keep adapting things every single time we go. And let me tell you, I am so grateful for it because it opens both of our eyes to a new experience. And it also helps her feel like she has control over her emotions a little bit better with having that kind of like crowd anxiety. So Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm really excited to share some of my free digital downloads with you. Again, those will be linked in the show notes. And I am always and forever excited to teach you how to do Disney differently. Have a great week, everyone.